0: The Lord be with you, and with your spirit, by reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy, and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Lord I don't know much about horses, but I know they don't come ready trained. In our first reading today from the prophet Zechariah, we hear how the king will come riding on a colt. Usually on Palm Sunday, we hear that same reading read again. Because on Palm Sunday, we recall the fact that our blessed Lord rode into the city of Jerusalem on a colt. In fact, he describes and he says it's one of the animals that no one has ever ridden upon before. And Jesus is able to take this young colt that no one's ever ridden before, take it into a city of millions where people are shouting, screaming, crowds are pressing in, they're cutting down branches, they're throwing things out in the street, and this colt walks calmly with Jesus on his back right into the city. I'm pretty sure that's not how horses work. But our blessed Lord was able to bring peace to the beasts of burden. He shall proclaim peace to the nations, says Zechariah. And when Jesus rode in on that colt on that Palm Sunday, it was not victory by horse and chariot. It was not by bows and arrows. It was not by the sword. Our Lord Jesus Christ went into Jerusalem ultimately on Good Friday to bring peace to the world by the shedding of his blood. It is the blood of Jesus that brings peace. In the life of the church, every single month of the calendar year has a particular devotion that is given to us for us to be able, as the faithful, to lift up our hearts to the Lord and honor it to reflect more deeply upon some particular mystery or aspect of the faith. Various months are given to us to reflect upon the Eucharist, or the Sacred Heart, or the Blessed Mother, or the Rosary, or the Guardian Angels. The month of July is the month of the precious blood of Jesus. July 1st would be the traditional feast, wherein the blood of Jesus will be commemorated with a a, a solemnity of of the highest rank. This feast has been merged with the Feast of the Body of Christ that we celebrate as Corpus Christi. But nonetheless, it's important for us to reflect upon the precious blood of Jesus, because it is powerful. The Old Testament shows us that always the remission of sin came through the shedding of blood. One could offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and offer, offer various things in gratitude for the Lord for gifts given by offering wheat or, or wine, some of the first fruits of their crop. But when it came to sin, sin was only forgiven. Sin was only cleansed by the shedding of blood. Sometimes a small bird, sometimes an entire bull. But always it was by the shedding of blood. Blood was essential to the recognition of remission of sin and reconciliation. Essentially because it was life being poured out. That sin, our wages of sin is death, St. Paul tells us. So when we sin, we deserve death. But the Lord God was, allowed us at that time, the people of Israel then, to be able to offer an animal in their place. Lord, I know my sins deserve, I I merit death, but in my place, this animal is offered for me, and it sheds its blood for me. But in the Old Testament, that never actually was the fulfillment of what was there. They weren't really forgiven of their sins simply by the blood of a bull or by a goat. It always pointed towards the ultimate sacrifice of blood. That would actually change and forgive sins. The blood of Jesus is the blood of Jesus to which every single Old Testament sacrifice looked, knowing that one day blood would truly forgive sins. And the blood of many bulls and goats and other animals was sacrificed in anticipation of that great day—the one perfect sacrifice of Christ on the cross. St. Peter, writing to the early Christian community, drives home this fact that we ourselves should rejoice in his blood. It's the recognition that all of us, enslaved to sin, have been ransomed. You were ransomed, he says, from your futile ways, not by silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Christ. All of us deserve death, but Christ has come to save us from this. He's come to ransom us from our sins and to ransom us for God the Father and for heaven. And he did it not with gold and silver, but with his blood. With his blood, he paid the price. Just as the animals of old died in in the place of the Israelites who offered them, so also Christ. He comes for you and for me to die in our place. To shed his blood, that blood that is able to forgive sins. And so it's right that we honor the precious blood of Jesus, because it is by it that we have salvation. And this is a very Catholic thing for us to focus upon. You know, in in other faiths, it it would be normal to simply honor Jesus as Jesus. But for us as Catholics, we recognize how very um, tangible our faith is, and how very tangible the Lord God desires it to be for us, because we're not just spirits our spirits and bodies, that we need physical things, visible things, tangible things to remind us of all that God has done and to lift our hearts to him. And so thus we have our, our chapels full of statues and, and icons and stations of the cross and various images and things that lift up our mind to God. But all of those are to recognize ultimately that the greatest physical thing is the reality of the Incarnation that god became man and we honor that reality in very physical ways in the devotion of life of the church we have things such as the devotion to the sacred heart of jesus we have devotions to the five wounds of jesus to the shoulder wound of jesus and also to that of his knees we have especially also as we said the honoring of his blood These physical ways that Christ came to show us his love and also the love of the Father for us. So how is it that we honor the precious blood of Jesus? We do what we're supposed to do with blood, at least according to the scriptures. We offer it to the Father. This is how we honor the precious blood of Christ. We offer it. We offer it in a public way. the celebration of the sacraments. Every single time we celebrate holy mass the blood is consecrated once more and made present on the altar and offered to God the Father. But it's also offered in the other sacraments and made present in a mystical way we recognize that the blood of Christ is present in baptism. As a child or an adult is washed with water and made clean, we recognize, as the book of Revelation tells us, that it is that they are being washed in the blood of the Lamb. It is by their blood that they are cleansed from sins, not simply by water. The water represents the pouring of the blood. During the Easter season, there's the sprinkling rite where the priest is invited to go around the church and to sprinkle the congregation with holy water. It is a reminder to us of the ancient Old Testament symbol when the people would profess the faith, when they would profess belief in the law of God, an animal would be sacrificed, and the people would be sprinkled with the blood of that animal. The water, again, a reminder to us of the blood that is offered for us. And even in the sacrament of confession, Archbishop Fulton Sheen wonderfully pointed out the reality that if we believe that it is the blood of Jesus that forgives us our sins, every time the priest holds up his hand over a penitent offering the prayer of absolution, we ought to visualize in our mind the blood of Christ pouring from the hand of the priest upon the soul of the penitent before him. The blood of Christ washing us clean. These are places where we offer the blood. We offer it in a public way, in very many ways, in the sacraments in a formal way in the life of the church. But it's important for us also to recognize that there are two forms of worship in the church. There's public and there's private. Public worship, the mass, baptism, confession, anointing of the sick, and so forth, these are ones where they are general enough that everybody can be a part of it in a single celebration, at least theoretically. You don't want everybody in your confessional, at least. But they are general enough that it doesn't have to be personalized to every single person that is present. It's broad enough that it truly is a universal thing. And so we gather in a universal manner to celebrate our public worship. Our private worship, though, is much more personal. It's intimate in our relationship with Christ. You see, these are both necessary parts for us. Indeed, we recognize the the, the height and, the, and uh, the importance of the Mass. But the Mass is a public thing. We're also called to have personal, private prayer and in intimate union with Christ. And this is where, specifically to the devotional life of the Church, can come into play. In the devotional life, it's a recognition that we're able to enter into Christ's and into a relationship with Christ in a way that's more particular to us in our, own cl- in our own inclinations, our own life experience. In very many ways, these things are made manifest in a variety of devotions. Again, for one person, the Divine Mercy Chaplet may speak deeply to their soul. For another, it's the devotion to the most sacred heart. For another, they may have continued contemplation and and great depth upon the wounds of Jesus. Another may have a particular fascination and proclivity to reflect upon and meditate upon the crucifix. Another may have devotion to his precious blood. These are ways in which we can personalize our relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't do it just with him, though. We can also do it with Our Lady and with the saints, just as a person can be devoted to Our Lady of Chesterhova, or to Our Lady of Fatima, or to Our Lady of Lords, or to Our Lady of Grace, to Our Lady Undoer of Knots, all of these different titles, different expressions of the fact of Mary's intercession for us that may speak to a particular individual in a way that touches their heart more than the rest. And we have similar things with the saints. It is here that our devotion again, becomes much more intimate because it means something to us. It's not just the general thing that all of us say. It's something that has touched my heart personally and that leads me to a deeper, more intimate relationship with Christ. In the gospel today, our Lord says to all of us, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus calls us To set aside time for him, to be with him, to remain with him, to stay close to him, not just physically, but even more importantly, spiritually. To be able to have tenderness, closeness with Jesus. This is what he wants. It's easy for us to be caught in our heads in our relationship with God, but God wants not just our head, he wants also our heart to come close. And again, the devotional life, this private worship, particular devotions, all of these things being the same, this is where we have that gift of our hearts most especially, to draw on that intimacy with Jesus. And here also we can offer his blood. St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi, uh, not to be confused with St. Mary Magdalene of the Bible, St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi, I think she was an Italian saint, had a great devotion to the precious blood of Jesus. For her, it was a thing that really resonated within her. She understood the power of it. And she had great recourse daily to the precious blood, offering it to the Father. Again, to offer it. This is the key. It's not necessarily a physical thing. It's not something we have to have very formalized and ritualized. But there was a prayer that she would pray every single day, at least 50 times a day. It was a point that she made to offer this prayer to the Father. To offer the blood of Jesus to the Father. And she prayed for the conversion. She prayed for her own sins, for conversion of others, and for the holy souls in purgatory. And her prayers were powerful. Not just because she was a saint, but because she offered them with the precious blood of Jesus. In prayer one day, it was revealed to her the number of people that had been washed clean by that blood that was offered. The conversions that had been granted on account of her prayers. The number of people brought out of purgatory on account of the offering of the blood of Jesus that she had so faithfully prayed. It is powerful. And it actually does things. It's not just a pious wish. Lord, wouldn't it be nice if this would happen? Wouldn't it be nice if this person were converted to you and to come alive in the faith? That's not what it is. It's an entrustment of the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us the one time, 2,000 years ago, on the cross. To offer that same blood for someone again. To offer the Father the blood Because Mother Church knows we like to have scripts for these things as Catholics, there's an official prayer, if you like. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of Jesus Christ, and satisfaction for my sin, and supplication for the holy souls in purgatory, and for the needs of Holy Church, especially for the soul of, insert name here. You don't have to memorize the prayer specifically, although you certainly could, it's short. It's an invitation to recognize that we can indeed take the blood of Jesus Christ that is precious to us. And offer it back to the Father. Because it is that that we have. We have nothing else, really. If there is anything that we can offer to the Father, it's only the things that he has given to us. And what is the most precious thing that he has given to us? The blood of Jesus. The person of Jesus. That merits also our salvation. And so as we come to begin this month of July, it's an invitation to draw close to our blessed Lord, not just in the celebration of the Mass, but also in our private devotion to him. If you don't have a particular devotion that you already have that encourages you in intimacy with Christ, I would would ask you to consider having a devotion to the precious blood. To pray their books, their prayer books, their wonderful accounts Again, saints of the church who have fostered this devotion very fruitfully in their own life. But if not the precious blood, something. To draw close to the heart of Christ. Our blessed Lord knows that we are labored, that we are burdened, and he wants to bring us rest. No more powerful way than to be drawn close to him in the intimacy of an encounter that he desires for us, and he calls us to rather than to stay afar. And so as we come to this Mass once more, we offer the precious blood of Jesus on this holy altar, commemorating that first shed blood shedding of blood of our Lord uh, 2,000 years ago. We ask him to draw us close to himself, to give us that peace that we desire and that he desires for us, and to fill us indeed with our prayer at the beginning of Mass with a holy joy.